time for a legendary introduction. Welcome to Unpacking the Box. I really think nobody does it better. Join the conversation as we cover everything from life and relationships. All a woman wants is a choice. Inspiring interviews. That just hit me. Wow. And everything in between. Just keeping it real. We keeping it all the way real. Whoa. Now let's start unpacking. This is Linnea, your host, and welcome back to Unpacking the Box podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The show starts in 10, 9, Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, go. Today I'm here with the amazingly talented actor, singer, dancer, Brian Jordan Jr. You can catch him portraying our bestie, Maurice, on Tyler Perry's Sisters, which airs every Wednesday on BET, y'all. Hello, how are you? What's up, what's up? How y'all doing? Yes, I'm so excited to talk to you. Oh, me too. Thank you. Yes, you are welcome. We love us the Maurice, okay? The audience that <laughs> listens, my family, like we love my mother. I told my mother I was interviewing you. She was like, tell him I love him. <laughs> I tell her I love her back. Yes. So first of all, let's start here. Um, where are you from? I'm originally from Louisiana, a place called Baker, Louisiana. It's in between New Orleans and Baton Rouge. Okay. Nice. And how yeah. was it growing up there? Yeah, you know, it was cool. Louisiana is a very uh, conservative and Republican kind of segregated place. Mm -hmm. um, so it was it was difficult, especially growing up, you know, as a young black boy there. And especially when I decided that I wanted to be, you know, an actor and, and trying to train. And I also attended a PWI um, in Baton Rouge, uh, LSU. And it was just difficult. But, you know, I made it. I made it through. Louisiana's a cool place though. It's just it just has some uh some work to do to be more progressive, but it's a cool place. Yes. So what led you to acting? Because I read some very interesting facts about you, how you started like in the theatrics, theatrical background, and yeah. you trained one of the places you trained at was the Debbie Allen Academy. Yeah, yeah. So, you know what's what's crazy about my career is it really didn't start until I was an adult. Um I, you know, in high school, I thought that I wanted to be an athlete and, you know, I was going on that track to, you know, getting the college scholarships and all those things. And then I, one day I just stopped caring about that. And I decided that I wanted to, you know, be an actor, be a performer. And so I started uh, training at my university. I was a sophomore. Mm -hmm. And um, I, from there, I just fell in love. I did one little show and that was it. One little play. And that was it. And so after that, I just, you know, wanted to make sure that I optimized anything that I could do to be a star, like to be able to be successful at what I wanted. That's the kind of person I am. Mm -hmm. So I took vocal lessons. I took dance classes. I, you know, I, I went and trained with the acting coaches all over the city. And um, Debbie Allen actually came to my hometown 
to do a residency with the Baton Rouge Arts Council, which was something that she came and, you know, and did a, in a philanthropic way. But mm-hmm. I met her there and um, the rest is history, I guess. You know, she she got me together. She taught me everything. and I began to train with her in the summers at her intensive in L.A. And from then on, I moved to New York and did the Broadway thing. And now I'm on, on TV. <laughs> Yes, well, you're doing the thing. You are so talented. Um, so, so talented. You are so welcome. Um, I think because I, you know, I've been, I've been following you and, you know, it's amazing when an actor can just bring this character to life because just you talking, you went, you know, you don't hear Maurice, right? But that's just a beautiful thing in the, in, in the talent that you have that you could turn into this character that has us all crying in tears every week, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's amazing. It's amazing gifts to have. So, and, and I want to get into that because I love this show. I never miss it. Like, I can't miss it. I have my snacks ready tonight. Exactly. You know? So, let's talk about sisters. Um, what, like, how did you tap into this character? How did you breathe life into Maurice, you know? Mm. And let's talk about that character in case, you know, people don't know about Maurice, which they better know, okay? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, um, Maurice is a beautiful, has been a beautiful, beautiful spectrum for me and, and, and a revolution of sorts because I really didn't know what to do with Maurice at first. It happened so fast and it, it ended up being so much more than I thought that it would be. But what I will say is um, the actor's best teacher is two different things. This is something that I always say. The best teacher is the environment. And so you have to understand what the world around you needs from your performance what it needs from your character and um the second thing is the relation to other people who are watching who are around you who can um find themselves in the work that the character is doing and so what i did to prepare to play maurice is i did a lot of work especially first season on understanding the world that tyler had created for sisters like understanding mm-hmm. the sisters look as who I connected with, really understanding Sabrina and Maurice's life, I mean, and Calvin's life, um, and how I played a part in, you know, making Maurice a part of that world. And I realized there was so much that was happening on Sisters that was people cheating and lying and the fighting and, the, you know, suicide. I mean, season one was heavy in that way. And so I knew that mm-hmm. Maurice's place was a place of joy. And so everything that came from, you know, my performance was in intentional like even in the darkest of times Maurice was the funny part you know what I mean like he was mm-hmm. the funny because I think that life especially life as black people is this laugh and love and healing pain that comes from being human and that comes from being black and so we have to balance that thing out and I believe that between Maurice and Danny sister gets its balance of comedy but yes. in addition to that you know when it comes to relation like in building Maurice I wanted to make sure that the character was as void of Brian as possible. And so when preparing to play him, I did a lot of research. I've met with a lot of people. And um, honestly, I hate to put this person on Jump on jump Street, but I have a friend, Darnell. And Darnell is, to me, is so funny. Mm-hmm. And is, is uh, so confident in who he is. And it just reminded me, when I read the words, I said, this sounds like Darnell to me. So I spent time with Darnell. I watch him. Sometimes he doesn't even know it. I watch him. I study him. And I also had a choir director who was very flamboyant. She was a lady, but she was super flamboyant and 
you know, very expressive. And I just pulled together all the people that I knew that were real people to try and make Maurice a real person that people, because people laugh at things that they can connect to, that things that are real, things that they want to say, but they can't say, but I can say it because I'm on TV, you know? Um, and Maurice was just built from people, from people, from blackness, from people, from research. Yes, well, you are certainly doing the thing with him because I mean, I mean, I see so many people like I don't know one person doesn't love Maurice. Like Maurice is just everybody's friend, the friend that you need. I mean, he's just real rap raw. Okay, he just says whatever, does whatever, yes. Yes, <laughs> and that's the best does. part. <laughs> that's the best part about it. Now, when you initially were you know getting into this role or before you even started you know getting into the role did you ever experience like any kind of hesitation did you think about that beforehand all the time mm -hmm. all the time and you know um and i like to be open about this because it's something that a lot of actors deal with especially because um it, it's too late and it's it's taken too long but we are finally getting to see some visibility of queer people on television and mainstream and so because that is something that is happening and honestly for the lack of better words trending because it's been so long overdue um there the roles are out there and it's about if you want to play the role if you want to you know i had the doubts of like starting my career with playing such an extreme and you know uh subcultural role and what it would do for the rest of my career. Will people only see me as this? You know, I, I really had those thoughts and I believe that fear is something that is debilitating. And so I had to, um, I'm sorry, debilitating. And I had, and so I have to be honest and talk about like my fears, especially with the drag stuff. Like that was something that season one really, really, I was so frightened when I did it. I was frightened when it was coming out. You know, I was frightened. It was just so many things that were new and foreign to me. Um, that I worried about the way I would look and also worried about the way that it would register to people who do these things for a living, people mm -hmm. who respect the art of drag. And to, to, to gay, big black men that I'm representing, I wanted to make sure that I was doing the justice of the role, you know, um, especially because, you know, that the, the queer people, the LGBTQIA community, they don't play. Like, you gotta right. get this stuff right. Right. It has to be right. And so I, you know, I, I, I still get nervous sometimes. I watch stuff back and I'm like, I wonder if that was too much. I wonder if it wasn't enough. I wonder if it's this. I wonder if it looks stereotypical. Like there's so many things that go through my head because this is all I care about. The craft is what I care about. And I'm, I do what I do because I want to serve people. And I believe that acting is a service job, just like food service, just like medical, you know, professionals. Like we give joy we give entertainment and I just want to make sure that I'm doing it at the top level, the highest level that I can. So I'm always nervous about it. Yes, well, that, that all makes sense. And you are certainly right because listen, they will come for you, okay? And they will Ooh, keep coming, okay? They have. They will keep they have. coming. <laughs> they have. They have. <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You, you are certainly right. Oh my goodness. All right, so I have to ask now, can you confirm, is there improvising going on in these scenes? There is, um, there's a few things, you know, it's a collaborative thing. Tyler writes every single word um, and nothing is done without his approval, but I, I do some improv, yeah. I can tell. 
I can tell. You can tell when like there's some improv going on. I'm like, I wonder if because some of these scenes, oh my God, they're just beyond funny. Um, like two recent ones. Um, the one that you, I think it was on the last one of you and Calvin were like in the kitchen or something having a conversation and you were talking about like the hot grits, the coffee and the oatmeal. <laughs> and I was just like dying. Like, was that one of those moments? That was actually written in the script. Everybody keeps asking oh, me that. Tyler wrote that, yeah. <laughs> that that whole, my coochie is on fire thing. <laughs> right. Tyler wrote that. That's something that I, like things like that, I, it's hard for me to come up with on the spot. Little witty, like smart little things that I would say, like mm -hmm. that's the usually the stuff that Brian comes up with, but Tyler wrote that one. Okay. Yeah. Now, what about the one where you were, you? I think you just finished talking to Sabrina and you started like dancing and it was a good minute. You were dancing back to the bank counter. Right, so so that was on the spot. That wasn't written. That was on the spot. And Tyler asked me, he said, dance, just skip and dance. And so I did. So whatever I did though was freestyle. It was one take two. I immediately just started doing it. He directed me to do it, but I yeah, that was on the spot. All that, uh, and the song was on the spot <laughs> that I was singing. <laughs> I got my job back. That whole thing, that was uh, that was all on the spot. And that's bananas. Yes, it was because it was like a good minute. I'm like, okay, he's still going. Like I rewinded that back. I was like, he is so crazy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes, and then. And then one more I want to ask you about, which is I think everybody and their mama and their grandmother that watched this particular scene at least a million times. The one where Calvin gets knocked out and you Lord. like try to turn him back on. <laughs> you try to turn him back on. Was that scene like, was everything in that scene written or did you guys just do what do what y'all did? So, you know, a lot of the time, a lot of times because we, we've been blessed to have our writer, as our director, as our producer, as our showrunner, mm -hmm. as the creator of the show. And so things can be changed anytime. Right. And so I think that it was written that he got knocked out, but it, all that extra stuff was Tyler directing, like he directed it to be that way. Um, now me doing the, like trying to get him up, that was that was kind of, you know, a mixture of Tyler and I, but yeah, Tyler, the, the improv improvisation and the things that happen on the spot are usually induced by Tyler's direction. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, all of you guys together, collaborating together to, to make that magic is amazing. And it's, it, it is so funny. Yeah. Thank you so much. We really work hard and we love the support. We really do. Yes. Now, what has been your most favorite scene to film thus far and why? Do you have a favorite scene? Mm, my favorite scene hasn't happened yet, but I do have one. And okay. it's in episode 21, I think. But it was my favorite one I've done so far, and it's really, really phenomenal. I, I can't say anything about it because okay. there's so much more coming from Maurice this season. I can't wait for people to see it. You really get to see like the full spectrum of who Maurice is. It's not just him being funny. Like you really get to see him have to deal with real life things, um, and I'm excited about that. But yeah, it's it's a uh, it happens in episode 21, 19 or 20 or 21. Okay. Ooh, we yeah. can't wait. Y'all hear that? We, we, we gonna be ready. We ready. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, what has being a part of this amazing show taught you? What have you taken away from it? Oh, man, so many things. So many things. I guess if I had to choose one to speak about, I would speak about how important it is to uh, respect and identify and also align with 
different types of people and um, understanding that everybody literally is on earth doing the same thing, breathing the same air, no matter what they love, no matter who they love, no matter what color they are, how they present, how they represent, you know, how they feel, what their political views are. It, because Maurice has taught me, you know, who is totally different than who I am, that this person is the same person as Brian. You know, Brian wants to be loved. Brian wants to give love. Maurice wants the same. And the way that they do it is different, but we want the same things. And it took me having to play a character for, and, you know, and being over 70 episodes to um, be able to identify that this is translation to real life. Like no matter what people come from, who people are, who they love, they should be respected. They deserve to be loved and it's okay. It's totally okay. And I think that obviously I've been, always been a person that, you know, loved everybody, but mm -hmm. this has really brought me to a place of like understanding and respecting the plight of all people and respecting the journeys of all people. Because there's so many different types of black people on sisters, so many different subcultures and so many different genres. And, you know, skin colors and sex and genders and orientations and all the different things that we experience in this Black Atlanta millennial show is representative of what Black America is. Mm -hmm. And um, I, a part of it has really opened my eyes to just the possibilities of a world where everybody just lived in the same place and respected each other and worked together and just gave love no matter what it looked like. Um, mm -hmm. That's the biggest lesson I think that sisters has taught me. I love that. And I love how, you know, just watching the character Maurice, you know, a lot of us, sometimes you do kind of forget, you take that, that, you know, the LGBTQ part out of it. This person is just funny. This person is, you know, real, um, yeah. you do real life things. You kind of take that away for a moment sometimes. And it, it, it makes us, you know, it makes us look different because some of us are still, you know, living in that, you know, where we don't, we don't care for that you know, that lifestyle, right? But Maurice yeah. teaches us that it's so much more, you know? Yeah, it's, it's so that. much more. It is, so I love more. it. All right, so you also have some music that you put out, which I've been buffing this song. Hey. I've been buffing, hey guys, fuck with yourself, which, you know, I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. So like what, well, first of all, the message is amazing. It's so imperative, um, but what was, you're welcome. Uh, so, what was the inspiration behind this song? What made you say, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this song? You know, obviously, we all need to fuck with ourselves for sure. Right. But, right. <laughs> but you what know, made you I, be like, I'm gonna put this song out? I think that um, inside of the pandemic, so many things uh, showed itself to be vividly illustrated in a way that made me really look inside of who I was. And, what I was doing for people, for myself, and how what I was doing for other people, or with other people, or you know, considering other people, how it was affecting me. And I also, you know, had to really make some hard decisions, and that was family and friends, all the things about what I was going to do to make sure that I was okay, to make sure that I was good, and really, really attending to the things that I needed, and, and attending to my feelings, because you know, when you grew up as a young black boy. Feelings are something that comes, you know, that's secondary. You put your feelings aside and you do what you need to do. I mean, and that's in a sports world, that's in a disciplinary world, that's in a, you know, just in the world of you a young black boy, don't cry, you don't cry because that's weakness. So I think that in unlearning the things that we feel like make us weak, 
which are, which would really make you strong when you grow and you can be emotionally mature. I've done the work to make sure that I'm putting myself first because then you can help other people. But if you can't fully accept yourself, fully identify what the traumas are that you haven't dealt with and the things that make you less than what you could be, then you can never help anyone else. And so, you know, I speak about mental health. I speak about physical health. I speak about uh, financial health. Mm -hmm. um, you know, all the things that really plague the African-American community. But I'm specifically passionate about black men because I feel like we're at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to progression. Like yeah. we are, we have been, you know, I guess trained to not show when we need help, especially mm -hmm. to other men. And so that just registers as us being out on a limb and, you know, looking crazy and maybe even depending on women to help us. But I believe that we really, you know, helped each other as brothers, found out the, the, the issues that were wrong talked about them because we all have the same things man we all have you know the same issues that if we discuss them together we could really do some crazy stuff when you think about these people who these millionaire black men or billionaire black men who run these companies and you think about them having any partners it's you never know it mm -hmm. you never see it you never see these people like when you think of diddy who's worked to help diddy build what he has right there are people who were on the way but diddy's up there by himself and jay-z is up there by himself and also tyler perry it's there himself, like it's just all of these things. Then you think about all the people that Oprah has helped on her journey and all the people that, you know, when you see Lena Waithe and you see the Issa Rae and you see, you know, Robin Thede and you see all these people who are Taraji with the Violas and the, all these people who run in the same groups. And it's like, these black women are working together and they're killing it. Mm -hmm. And I just know that if black men could get a dose of that medicine, man, we could uh we could move mountains so i think that you know my entire message if it's music if it's me speaking on an interview like i'm doing right now my platform when i'm writing you know whatever i'm writing is always about the betterment of black people um as a whole which i think that you know begins with the black man as the head of the culture that's what i believe and even mm -hmm. though uh even though there's some american uh, customs and values that we've adapted from slavery which were you know pushed up on us that will make you think that the black man isn't the head I believe that that's just the way that things should be you know and um, so yeah F with yourself is really about get fixing yourself like fix yourself before you involve somebody else in your craziness you know right. deal with yourself deal with yourself listen that's where it starts I love it it's like I always say it's like the biggest piece to life's puzzle it's yourself it's yourself yep. You know, and what's so crazy about it is that's the thing that usually gets forgotten mm -hmm. yourself. Yeah. And it's like, how can you, how can you embrace someone else if you're not embracing yourself? How can you be honest with someone else if you're not honest with yourself? How can you love someone else if you don't love yourself? Like, and those are the things that we really have to work on. Listen, Every you day. gotta come on and drop them gems. Yes. Every day. <laughs> yeah. It's the truth though. Like, and sometimes, you know, people want to check everybody else, but no, you need to get up in that mirror and check yourself. 100%. You know, and I, and I love that song so much and I love the message and I'm so glad that you put it out and grateful for all the work that you're doing. It's, it's, it's inspiring, you know? Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I'm grateful for the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you. Thank you so 100%, much. 100%. Thank you so much. So are you like in the future, are you going to drop an album? 
Yeah, I am. Um, I'm actually planning to go and record some this fall. So I'm excited about that. And hopefully it'll be out with like Thanksgiving. That's what I'm hoping for. Ooh, yes. Well, we yeah. cannot wait. <laughs> I'm so excited about it. Yes. So listen, I had so much fun talking to you. It was so great. It was so great. I, I really appreciate you um, taking the time to talk with me. And I appreciate all the fans and all your fans that are listening. And thank you guys for, for always, you know, being so supportive of me and also sisters and everything that I'm doing. It, uh, speaking of support, I don't know if you have any um, listeners in Louisiana. Do you have like Louisiana listeners? I do have, um, I do know a couple people that are there. Yes, I do. So I am producing a musical. I wrote a, wrote a book and lyrics of a new HBCU-based musical, and it's set in Louisiana. And so I am going Saturday to Louisiana to hold auditions, and I'm going to produce a, a concert of it in Louisiana. And so if you guys are in Louisiana and you want to come to the show, you can find tickets at manshiptheater.org. Or if you want to audition for the show, you can find information on auditions um, on my Instagram, on HBCUsical Instagram, um, and on RileyTheMusical.com. There's information about the auditions and about the show. Come check the show out. Come on audition. I'm looking for singer, actor, dancers, all the people. So come out. Yes. Make sure y'all support this project. I will definitely put it in the show notes, too, so they can get to it as well. Perfect. Um, because we. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, anything to support, you know, especially I'm the same way, like this platform highlights us, you know, yeah. I, because yeah. we, you know, I said, you know what, the, the mainstream media, you know, a lot of times they don't depict us in the best light. So I'm going to play my part, whatever that part is, and I'm going to show them something different. Um, yeah. And so I thank you for being a part of it. Um, now, before I let you go, though, I love to do something with every guest who comes to Pack in the Box. I love to do Unpack Your Box, which is basically, you know, a minute, you know, no one's counting where you get to just say whatever you want to say, whatever is on your heart, your chest. You can speak about anything. Mm. Okay. Actually, I actually do have something I want to talk about. I think that um, I want to encourage people because we all deal with fear. And I just want to encourage people and also myself to do it afraid, do it alone, do it when you feel like it's time and, and, and when your heart is on fire about it and your soul is on fire about it, just do it. And don't allow fear to be more important than your dreams and what you deserve, because then fear becomes more important than you. And you can't let fear have that kind of power. And I think that risks are scary, but nobody's ever done anything that was scary and oh, that wasn't scary and was satisfied. I think that it takes risk to get results and do it afraid. Don't let fear beat you up. I love that. I love that so much. Listen, thank you so much again. You guys, make sure you guys, you know, stream his music. Make sure you watch Sisters Tonight every Wednesday, 9 o'clock right. on BET. Support this king. He's he's making an impact. He's inspiring so many people. I have much love, much admiration for you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Thank you. You are so welcome. All right, y'all, we out.
Before you leave, keep up with your girl on Instagram at unpacking underscore the underscore box underscore podcast. If you follow me over there, you can click the link in my bio and that will direct you to every single thing that I am doing, every place where I am. Listen, you guys are so awesome. You've been super supportive. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for the reviews. Just thank you for everything. I am so grateful and so thankful for my supporters. I love y'all so very much. I really, really do. And before I leave, I want to say this. Listen, I don't care what you're doing, you know, as far as work, whatever you are working towards, listen, keep working, remain consistent, put in the work. Opportunities are coming. You have to stay dedicated. You have to stay focused, focus on your craft, focus on perfecting that craft. Because even me, you know, I always look for ways to get better to improve to tweak things because that's what life is about life is about learning and you know elevating that's what it what it's about it's not about complacency you know and not only that but you don't even know this there are opportunities that are right now being created for you and you don't even know there are people that are watching you silently they're watching you from afar they want to see how you're moving what you're doing you know are you being consistent uh what type of content are you putting out there into the world what kind of work ethics do you have i'm telling you I see it all the time. And also, personally, I've been awarded opportunities um, that were surprising. I didn't even know that people were, these people were paying attention to me that way. So I come, uh, this is coming from a place of experience. And, you know, this is something that I know. Uh, I know that if you stay consistent and, and if you keep putting in the work and you stay focused and dedicated, that opportunities will be awarded to you eventually. Now, you have to remain patient because a lot of times it doesn't happen right when you want it to. Or just because you see something happening for someone else, you feel like it should be happening for you too. It is going to come to you in due time when you are ready, when that opportunity is ready for you. I'm just saying you have to stay focused, stay committed, stay consistent. I can't talk y'all. And you have to watch how you move, okay? Because somebody is always watching. All right, y'all. Listen, I'm out. Be well.